Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. For this episode, I'm interviewing Caroline Goiter. Caroline is a sought-after expert speaker and trainer and a best-selling author and coach. Her TEDx on The Surprising Secret to Speaking with Confidence has been viewed 9 point million times and rising. Welcome, Caroline. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, Christina, it's a pleasure. Well, I love this topic. Well, and first, I, I love your TED Talk. People need to go see that. But before we jump into that, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? I am the voice coach who was told when she started out that she had no presence and she had no resonance and that she was stuck in her head. And I'm the person who went, okay, maybe I'm stuck there, but what if I'm not? And so I guess in a nutshell, I'm about growth mindset when it comes to speaking. And I love the idea that within us all is a really powerful possibility to speak well, like the acorn within the oak. Oh, I love it. So tell us a little bit more. Can you tell us a little bit about our voice and then how do we find it? I mean, I, I'm, I'm this person who thinks the voice is this incredible instrument that we have that we should all know more about because for the really simple reason, voice is air, voice is exhaled air. And we all know how important breath is now, you know, Wim Hof and yoga and mindfulness yeah. and all of this has taught us that our breathing is important. But nobody realizes that speech is out breath, apart from maybe singers and actors. And when you understand that speech is out breath, you realize that you can center yourself moment by moment and you can feel confidence in front of any audience if you just know how to use the breath properly. And I think that's such a life-changing thing that pretty much everybody should know that. I think it would make most people's lives so much less daunting to know that you can really calm yourself down when you speak, not just before you speak. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, and that is quite a revelation about the voice being out breath essentially. And I do, I get a lot of questions often on, you know, how do I appear less nervous or more confident, you know, in front of groups uh, or presenting or just even in conversation. So can you share a little bit more about that? I know in your Ted talk, you go a little bit into the anatomy. And so uh, uh, let's, let's unpack this. If I give you an example from today, today I was working with some private equity clients in London and they were young, you know, they were newer people within the organization and we were working on their presence and how they show up. And one of them was speaking quite quickly and she had an uptick in her voice. And that's what's mm. happening there is someone is speaking and they're, they're chest breathing and then tonally they're unsure and they're thinking about the next thought. So their voice is, their intonation is almost telling us there's a question. And when I hear someone like that, I know first thing we need to do is center you and get you breathing, get you into the lungs and the diaphragm that support the voice. And then we need to help you really land the end of the sentence. So rather than saying, hello, my name's Caroline, which makes it sound like maybe it's not, 
if I could say, hello, my name's Caroline, <laughs> then I, I kind of sound like I know it is. It's here is the news. So that's one example. And then another example was a woman who was speaking really, really quickly and, and she wasn't really stopping for breath. And she was wanting to get all the information out so quickly that as audience, we couldn't really take it all in. And with someone like that, I know that it's this thing about understand that the voice is out breath. And then imagine that what you're saying is a piece of pizza and you need to chop it up. And when you get to the end of every phrase or sentence, you just close your mouth and you have a nice relaxed in-breath like it's a lovely smell. And then you go on to the next idea. And then an audience aren't having the pizza shoved in their face. They're allowed to eat the pizza slice <laughs> by slice. And it's just understanding how, how we listen and how the breath works. It's so simple. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. So, and being, my voice is my job essentially too, right? Well, I guess most of us it is, but how, so how do we, gosh, there's so many places I want to go here. How do we maintain it? How do we know where we should be? So you're speaking about being in the chest you know, versus maybe uh, in the throat or the diaphragm. How do we, what's the best way to speak and then also to help maintain our voice in that speaking fashion? Oh, that's a lovely question. And it's my life's work in a way, because I wasn't very good at it and I'm mm. getting better. So the first major principle is that when you're two, you have a perfect voice, right? Most, most two-year-olds, mm. you know, with a few exceptions, have a perfect voice. And most two-year-olds also have perfect posture. They stand well, their breath is relaxed and free, and they have a kind of physical ease about them. Now, what this tells all of us as voice users is that the better you stand, the more relaxed you are, and the more playful you are, the better your voice is. Because mm -hmm. the voice, as we've said, is exhaled air, and the air rises up from the lungs to the windpipe and it vibrates on the larynx, which is you can, if you put your fingers on the thyroid cartilage at the front of your throat, you're kind of your voice box and give it a shake. You can feel the, the structure that houses the larynx. And it's like, it's a very, you know, blunt way of saying it, but it's like the string of a guitar. And when the air hits the larynx, larynx, it vibrates and it produces sound, which is resonated in the bones of the skull, essentially. And so the better you stand, the more relaxed you are, the better your alignment is, not posture, because that's a bit fixed. And then the more expressive you are with your face, with your body, the more your voice will be fluid and expressive like that two-year-old. And so in some ways, a lot of teaching for actors and teaching for movement, you know, dancers is about helping them to be freer and to be more expressive and almost more childlike. So anybody who wants to work on your voice, the best thing you can do is just put some music on and sing along really freely, tunelessly, or do something that physically gets you moving, gets you free. Because all of those things will help you really find a voice that is easy and relaxed. And that's the kind of voice that really resonates for an audience. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Cause you can see where you feel restricted. Obviously your voice is restricted versus more playful, you know, more moving around. Any suggestions for those that maybe have been more restricted for 
loosening up? I mean, I know singing helps, but I mean, this is like, this is a, a mental thing too, right? Not just an activity that one can do. What about speaking to those voices in the head that are like, yo, you, you can't do that. That's going to look weird or silly or what are your thoughts on that? So much so. And in fact, I had another client today and we were discussing that absolutely. And, and she was saying to me, I have this inner voice and it's very useful to be present to our inner voices that really holds me back. And she said, it's like a snide voice. And we realized that this voice was where I'm gesturing. If you can see it, some of you will see it. Some of you won't. My hands back by my right ear. And I could see that she was talking about it. She was kind of leaning back and listening to this voice of an old boss that was holding her back. And then she talks about another voice and her left hand came forward and she gestured forward. And she said, there is this voice that's like the wind in my sails and it moves me forward and it gives me energy and momentum. And then she said, and I love horses. And I realized that it's like riding horses. You go forward with the horse, you move with the horse and that releases the horse's energy. And as she did that, I could see her leaning forward, her vocal energy kicked in and it was like her batteries were charged suddenly. And then she started talking about something that stressed her out and she sat back and you could see her getting locked down. And so really what that showed me and it showed her was how much agency we have over this stuff. We can choose, but only Mm. when we become aware. Yes. Awareness is the first step, right? And it's funny that you mentioned that because it reminded me of my, my husband hadn't seen me in, uh, when we first got married, uh, he hadn't seen me in like in, in front of the classroom or in front of, you know, doing, giving a speech. And, and I started talking with a colleague over the phone and he's like, Oh, that's your business voice. I didn't even realize <laughs> I was switching in and out. He's <laughs> like, you have your business voice on. I've never heard that before. <laughs> So it's being more aware of that. And then, um, yeah, and maybe being more intentional and how we shift into that, it would, that be the suggestion. It's, I mean, the reason I think it's so funny is because my husband used to say that to me and I realized saying this, that he stopped. And I wonder if there's something about when we start out in work, sometimes it feels like there are some big shoes to fill it. There's, you know, people seem very, in the hierarchy high above us and we have to kind of be something that we're not. And I think the moment where you realize actually being successful in anything is not about trying to be the person you think you should be, but trusting the person who you are. I think for lots of people, that's the Eureka and it, it it frees up Mm -hmm. your energy, your voice, and it allows you to resonate for others. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's just fascinating. I love all this stuff. Now, one of the things I often get, uh, and I can tell there's a little bit of a difference, but I'm fine with it. A lot of people don't like hearing their own voice when they hear it like on a recording or a podcast or a video. Why is that? There's been lots of studies on this and it's it's fascinating. And it comes back to what my voice teacher said to me, this wonderful teacher called Barbara Hausman. When I left, my, I did a master's in voice after drama school. And it's funny, even after I finished my master's at this wonderful place called Central School of Speech and Drama, I went to her and I said, I don't really think I know my voice. You know how the more you know, the less you know. And she said something really mm. wise. She said, I think you're trying to hear your voice rather than feel it. 
Ooh. And what that's massive. And it's a bit in the region of imposter syndrome because if I'm if I as I hear myself speak now, I'm kind of evaluating, was that right what I said or that was a bit loose and maybe and should I've said that? Then I'm kind of not present anymore. And I it comes like you're being mm-hmm. your own sound engineer in your head at the same time as being on stage. And I think there is an aspect of be your own sound engineer in rehearsal, right? Listen to it, tweak it, get the message nice and tight. But in the moment that we're speaking to an audience, like right now, it's much better just to trust the moment and just go for it and be gloriously imperfect. And what she was saying to me is if you're present to your body rather than locked up in your head listening to yourself, your voice will naturally find that childlike ease that we were talking about. Mm. And I think because the problem for people, the reason this is difficult is that the voice we hear through the bones of our body is a re- it's a it's bone conduction. So as I speak, I'm getting lots of feeling about my voice. And when I hear my voice, I'm like, is that what I really sound like? Because I'm no I no longer have the bone conduction. <laughs> And there's something for me over the years that has been about marrying the voice I feel and the voice I hear back. And it's okay that it's different and starting to think, well, if I wanted my voice to be lighter, what would I physically do to achieve that? And then when you hear it back, seeing has that worked and then trying something different if it's not right, but not just assuming that what I feel is what everybody else is hearing because they're not, they're hearing something different. Yeah. Wow. I love this. I just, this, this is so fascinating. <laughs> now on the, um, one of the things I do notice too, especially with, uh, first time speakers, when they are very nervous, they tend to go monotone. Any suggestions for getting them a little more comfortable? This is something I spend a- in less, monotone, yeah. less Bueller. <laughs> I mean, we've all seen it. We, uh, you know, you hear that example, don't you? It's, it's like your husband said about the business voice. You, you're having this great conversation with someone off stage mm-hmm. and then they walk out on stage and it's like they've had a personality transplant <laughs> and you're thinking, what just happened there? <laughs> yes. And what just happened is fight or flight. So we know about fight or flight. We know that when we're mobilized, you know, you know, for reasons in your old job, you you will be trained in when we're mobilized, the brain and the body respond differently because the brain and the body are thinking hide, freeze, you know, befriend all sorts of other possibilities. Mm. When that happens, when we are flooded with cortisol and adrenaline, our voice tone flattens because the system figures voice tone is not going to save you here. You might want to punch them or talk your way out of it, but being vocally fluid is not what you need. So for people to have more vocal range under pressure, what they need to know again is how to find a feeling of ease in the moment. And actors warm Mm. up for a reason. There are two real reasons actors warm up. The first is that if they stretch and move and get into their breath, you know, like Roger Federer warming up for a game, then when they meet the moment of stress, they do it with a sense of controlled calm. The other reason actors warm up is that they're warming up Mm. the vocal range. You know, you'll hear them gliding up and down like a singer because then when the adrenaline hits, the voice is already kind of lubricated. It's warm. So even if you're under pressure, you're going to have access to more vocal range. 
So the simple answer, if you want more vocal range, is physically warm up, move, and then also vocally move through the notes of your voice. You know, just glide and have fun because that will warm up the muscles of the larynx. Okay. I can see maybe doing that in your car on the way to the speech or something. (laughs) Yeah, you know, put Britney on, sing along or do some... There you go. More pitch glides. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> now I know we'll get it's more into your it's silly yeah oh yeah 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 and I, I like being silly uh, I know there's some people that don't though <laughs> um now uh we'll get more into your products or services but I'd love to ask about uh you have several books well and, and a TED talk so can you share a little bit about those and what listeners can find in each of them I suppose there's a kind, they're a kind of story of my life in a way. So the first one was called The Star Qualities, and I interviewed A-list actors, some amazing American actors like Frances McDormand and Sarah Jessica Parker about confidence. Mm. And for me, the reason that that book was powerful was because I went into it. I was working at a drama school at the time thinking all of these actors would be naturally confident, you know, like <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker, she's going to be all right. And it turns out, of course obvious to all of us probably now that actually they weren't and they all had strategies for making themselves more confident and that freed me to go if Helen Mirren gets shaky hands when she makes a speech then it's okay for me to feel nervous the next book I wrote was Gravitas and that was because I kept being asked to help executives in particular to have more credibility, more authority, more gravitas. So I went off and researched what the ancient Greeks and Romans knew about it and interviewed lots of people. And that really gave me a framework to help myself and to help other people speak with authority and to own our words. And then the final book, so far at least, is Find Your Voice. And in a way, that's my passion project because it was me exploring all the mistakes I'd made about mm. in my voice, in learning about my voice and helping other people to understand how simple it is to get a voice that feels like you. Mm. And, and so that is my third book. But in a way, it, I think it's my, the, the book that's closest to my heart in lots of ways. Oh, and then your TED Talk, which if folks haven't seen, you have a very interesting uh, visual prop during that TED Talk or props, I should say. (laughs) My TED Talk was, it was such a high jeopardy thing because it's called The Surprising Secret to Speaking with Confidence. And I had this incredible coach called Denise Graveline in the US, in DC, who said at the time, you cannot mess this up. (laughs) Because if you're a speaker coach walking out on stage and saying, I mean, I don't think I'd grasped the jeopardy of it fully. I think I I was quite naive. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing that nailed it for me and that allowed me to walk out on stage feeling I've got this was that Denise and I were looking for a prop that symbolized the voice and how the body contained lots of different aspects of the voice. And I Googled Mm -hmm. chest of drawers, human body, and this prop came up and it was created by a chap two miles down the road to me in London. And it just, it was a sign. He now works as an ad agency, but this prop became the kind of the engine of the talk because I took different objects out of it. And as my ex-teacher aunt said, it creates a kind of curiosity as to what's the next thing she's going to pull out of the drawers, just like primary school teachers do. (laughs) I hadn't realized that. 
but I think maybe it keeps people with me. And and it's all about just this idea that within us is all the voice that we need, all all the possibility that we need as speakers, and we just have to do what the director Peter Brook calls finding drawers in ourselves. And that's really what the talk's about. And I love that nearly 10 million people have watched it. That's it's just really cheering that people are interested. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's very needed information. So now before we do get to any additional products or services, what else do you think people need to know about finding your voice or their voice, I should say? <laughs> I, I mean, the, the big lesson for me about voice, and I, I've spent a long time exploring this, is, again, a lesson from this lovely teacher called Barbara Hausman, which was the less you try, the better it works. Because I don't know about you and about your listeners, but I have always been someone, you know, I studied at Oxford. I worked hard on my master's. I like to work hard in my business. And it was understanding that with voice, none of that works. With voice, it's about release and ease and letting go. And as we said at the beginning, being mm. playful. And so for anybody wanting to find their voice, approach it like a garden. You know, yes, you need to do the right things, mm. but then actually you just need to let it unfurl. Let it do its own thing. Don't try and force it. Maybe train it a little bit, but that that lightness, that ease, that not trying too hard is everything when it comes to voice. Mm. And I think it's alien to a lot of us who like to push through. Oh, yeah. Who think that, that we need to like do something to mold it or change it or yeah, I love that. Now you did mention your business and we've, we've talked about your books. Can you share with the listeners one where they could maybe get your books as well as any services that you have? So my business is gloriously global now. It's been, I've been working in the last few months with Canada and the US and Malaysia and all, you know, all sorts of different countries. You can find out about me at carolinegoida.com. And I'm sure that's on your link. My surname is G-O-Y-D-E-R. And I'm all over Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter and all your favorite social media sites. You'll find out on the website about my Confidence Booster Audio course, which is something we give to everybody if you sign up. And it's really 10 minutes of the basics of finding a good voice. And you'll also find out about our new course, which we've been cooking up over the last two years. And it's a digital course, which really distills the system that my corporate clients pay me thousands of dollars for into something which is affordable and are we getting great feedback for and that's all there on the website for people to explore so do do come and say hello oh that's awesome okay and now i hate to ask for it because you've already given such wisdom but let's say your final piece of advice <laughs> there is no book for confidence if you're someone who feels like you lack confidence, just know that there's no secret. The people who stand up there in front of the world and look like they have confidence, they don't. There, <laughs> nobody out there truly ever feels completely confident. And I think for all of us, all of us understanding that levels the playing field. So know that there's no oh. book. It's you present experiencing life, experiencing the challenges. And that's where confidence comes from. Oh, that is, that's great. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today, Caroline. 
it's been a lovely chat, Christina. Thank you so much. If you'd like to learn more about Caroline, visit her website at carolinegoiter.com. Interested in expanding your employee development program? Visit christinaeans.com to look at the many workshops Christina has available for you.